Washington, D.C. It's changed my attitude. It changes your attitude and it changes your thinking. It changes my kids' attitude. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Has Jesus been arrested again? Has decades of proven international logistics proving to be flawed? Iran has once again called for the destruction of Israel. Insert your yawn sound effect here. And in the midst of the sorrows of this world, thousands surrender their own ways to the way, the truth, and the life. That's just some of what we'll discuss as we look at the Signs of the Times, our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, October 8th, 2021. Along with Pastor Mark Kirk, I'm Greg Hilt, and we want to thank you for joining us. Now, we're not on YouTube anymore, but we are on the Way Media app that you can download to any uh, phone or tablet. Or if you're an old-school web browser techie, We've got you covered there, too. Just go to thewaymedia.net on the web, the interwebs, and click on Signs of the Times at the top of the page. Now, Pastor Mark? Yes. Uh, do you want to tell the prophecy peeps now or later the disappointing news that we will not have a show next Friday? Well, again, you know, you just let the cat out of the bag, but we will not have a show next Friday because I'm going to be on vacation. So send send all of your, your cards and letters to Pastor Mark. But uh, I want you to know, just because it's not I'm, my fault. Just because I'm on vacation doesn't yes. stop the forward flow of it the does plan not. of God. So yes. everybody needs to be on their toes and doing their own homework. Prophecy doesn't stop. So class, it's time to get out and catch your own <laughs> bugs and butterflies. You know, no classroom. <laughs> get out there and go for it, and then we'll be back in class in two weeks. How about that? Yes, we That's will. Right. Class will weeks. resume in two weeks. Enjoy the uh, fall break. It, yes. There you go. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Professor Mark. Yeah. <laughs> You've got me. This is our Truth in 10 segment, where Pastor Mark answers your prophecy questions in 10 minutes or less. This might take a little bit longer, uh, just because maybe we want to spend some time on this, because this is a question, Pastor Mark, that you're hearing a lot of lately, and it's just another sign of the times, I think, as people think about this particular question. And this is from Lauren, who uh, listens to us in Virginia, and she has a friend um, that asked her for her thoughts on Matthew 24, as she believes this chapter points to the church enduring tribulation and not being taken up before. She says also her biggest concern was how people would come to know Christ during the tribulation if the church was all gone. And this is her exact wording. How can people come to know him during the tribulation if there is no one to tell about him? So I had reached out to Lauren and asked for a little bit more specific in terms of where in Matthew 24. And she responded that her friend was looking between verses 15 and 22. Right. And that after the abomination of desolation, it says there will be a great tribulation of those that have been cut short, no one could survive. But how, for the sake of God's elect, he cuts them short, implying that the elect will be there. So there's, there's some legitimate, I suppose, on the surface confusion, but when we dig into the word... Yeah. Uh, grammatically, hermeneutically, exegetically, um, it all comes together a little bit more clear. So explain that for well, us. Well, let's just have a little discussion yeah. on, yeah, really just the overall understanding of what's going to happen in, as, as far as the process in the last days with believers and all that. And I think that it's a very common question. We probably ought to put this one out there somewhere on our uh, uh, frequently asked questions, Greg, after we do this. I may have to to add this one to it because we do get this one uh, you know fairly often yeah we will and sure. that is this lauren here's what here's what the bible says okay um the bottom line is and i'll just make the statement that we're going to walk through the process of what's going to happen in the last days and i'll give you some scripture so you can do your own homework 
But there are going to be myriads, multitudes of people saved after the rapture. That's the first thing that needs to sink in. Multitudes saved after the rapture. And how do we know that? Well, there's a number of a, a number of ways we know that. First of all, uh, the Bible says that when the invasion happens with Russia and Iran, that's going to be right around the time of the rapture of the church in the prophetic timetable, somewhere in there. We don't know exactly when, but that's when God's going to pour his spirit out on the nation of Israel. And the Bible says that God will save 144,000 Jews right off the bat uh, at the very beginning of, of this, when the Antichrist comes on the scene and this whole process of the of the last days, you know, uh, last pro- last day's process, and the church will already be gone by then. Now, again, to really get a full understanding, we've got to first of all realize that there's no way the church can be here during the Great Tribulation, and here's why. The Bible tells us in Daniel, when the Antichrist signs this treaty with the nation of Israel and surrounding nations, and he'll be this world leader that comes out of Europe, that it will be exactly 2,520 days until the second coming. So we literally have a countdown of days given to us by Daniel chapter 9 of when that treaty is signed, um, and we know the number of days. Well, there's a problem. Jesus said, no one will know the day or the hour of my return. So how can we know the exact number of days from the time the Antichrist signs that treaty until the second coming if no one knows the day or the hour? We can't defy the words of Jesus. Well, that's right. What that means is there are two separate events the Lord is talking about when it comes, when it talks about the Lord coming to the earth for his people is the first one, and then coming down to the earth to rule and reign is the second one. When he, from the time that command is given and that 2,520 days, that'll be until the second coming where the Lord comes down to rule and reign for a thousand years. The one we will know about that, anybody that's here will know that day and even be able to predict it to the day. So what is he talking about? No one knows the day or the hour. He's talking about the rapture of the church. No one will know when he's coming for his bride. So the first time he comes, he comes down in the clouds and stops. The Bible tells us, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He calls his bride up to him, and then we go back to heaven with him for the seven-year wedding supper of the Lamb, spoken of later on in Revelation. Then after the end of the seven years, he comes back with all of us with him. He returns with the saints and he establishes his throne on the earth for a thousand years. So the first thing to establish is, is that the church is gone and the church won't be here. So with that established, when you look in Revelation during the great tribulation, knowing the church is already gone, you will see there are lots of believers that the Antichrist is putting to death. He's beheading believers for their faith. So what's the deal? I thought the church was gone. Ah, it is. The church is taken out. And then after the church God pours that a spirit on the nation of Israel. The Holy Spirit begins to move among those who didn't receive Christ before the rapture. And we see myriads of people saved. And during that that time, the Antichrist is in power. He begins to put to death the believers, which is, Greg, one of the greatest uh, ways that we uh, uh, proofs of the rapture is we're going to see the Antichrist actually succeed against the believers during the Great Tribulation. Yeah. And something we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, the church, he will not prevail against the church. So we know the church is gone. We see him succeeding. And if you go back and read Revelation and, the, and all the tribulation there, you're going to see that there are lots of believers that are being beheaded for their faith and those that won't take the mark of the beast after the church is gone. So that's why there's going to be many saved after that. Now, some have falsely, th- uh, falsely thought that when the church is gone, the Holy Spirit leaves as well. So one of the uh, postulations or questions or thoughts is, well, then how could people get saved because the Holy Spirit's not at work? Well, the Bible didn't say that at all. The Holy Spirit will be very much at work after the church is taken out. It's just the church is gone. He's still going to be here working. Yeah, the the Holy Spirit has just removed his restraining force. Right, right. From, it, which allows Satan to have the success that's that, right. that, that Revelation says that's he'll right. have. He's allowing Satan yes. to now move, but he'll, he'll sti- still be very much moving. Yeah. Uh, there'll be many that are saved after that. But now what's interesting is is that you, you look and say, okay, where where do we see these kind of examples in, the, um, uh, in Revelation? I want to read a couple things to you. Number one. Uh, in Revelation chapter 3, when God is speaking to um, the faithful church, that is the church of Philadelphia, uh, which all biblical and uh, prophecy scholars agree, that is the church of the last days. All these seven churches represent church periods. They're literal churches at the, in that day, but they also yeah. represent church periods. And we know that now, Lauren, because we can look back over history and see that each of these exactly fits a, a period of church history. Well, in, to the faithful church, which is the one that I believe we're in right now, I know there's, you say, well, we're the faithful. There's a lot of faithful people. It doesn't talk about the size of it, just those that are being faithful to God. Here's what he says 
Uh, Starting in verse 10 of chapter 3, he says, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the entire world. What is the hour of trial that's going to come upon the entire world? That's, That's revealed all through Scripture as the Great Tribulation. So what he's saying is, for those that are faithful in the last days, of the church, I'll keep you from the great tribulation. So that's, we know he's promised we will not go through the great tribulation. So we establish that. Then we see there are lots of believers in the great tribulation. So now we know that many people get saved after the rapture. And it's interesting. If you look at up to uh, revelation chapter one, all the way up to verse chapter four, verse one in John, in his vision, he says, then I heard a voice say, come up here. What a beautiful picture of the rapture. And I think that is the rapture that John is experiencing there by vision when that happens. Because for the first three chapters up to verse one of chapter four, the references to the Messiah are all Jewish or rather are all Gentile references. So you'll see the Messiah spoken of in a Gentile reference, which would speak of the church because the church is predominantly Gentile. What's interesting after the, the voice says to John in chapter four, verse one, come up here. From that point on, from chapter 4 all the way until the second coming, it's all Jewish terms for the Messiah. Now, again, that's very clear message that the Holy Spirit is sending. You've got the Gentile church, if you will. Yes, some Jews, but predominantly Gentile church because the Jews have been blinded, it says in Romans, until God pours his spirit out on them again. That's Jewish terms, I mean, Gentile terms of the Messiah. Then it switches radically to only Jewish terms of the Messiah through that whole end times process. So you see the 144,000 saved, the Jews saved, more Gentiles being saved during that time, but then they're being put to death for their faith. So if you're wondering how can people be getting saved, how can believers be here if the rapture is taking place? Number one, there's going to be many saved after the rapture. The scripture clearly reveals. Secondly, how can other people get saved after the church is gone? Those who get saved will be sharing their faith, and other people will be coming to faith. And so um, it's really just a, a misunderstanding, I think, prophetically of what's going to be happening in the timeline and all the believers that are, and, and when we get saved, when the, when the church goes. So again, to recap the timeline, we have the rapture of the church. We're taken out of here. Uh, the Antichrist comes on the scene. Uh, God pours out his spirit on the nation of Israel, 144,000 saved immediately. They become worldwide evangelists. From that, many others get saved, Jews and Gentiles around the globe. But they're not a part of the church. The church is already gone. They're just saved people. That is why we see that the Antichrist is able to prevail against them. He defeats them. He cuts their heads off. He does all kinds of horrible things to them. And then in the second coming, he come, Jesus comes back. We come with him from heaven. He establishes his throne and defeats the enemy, and we start the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year reign. So um, I think that is, uh, again, the best explanation I can give you as to why you're going to see um, why the fact that believers are here and people getting saved during that time. So don't get confused about there not being a rapture. Um, and again, for the church to be here during the Great Tribulation would deny the words of the two things. It would deny the words of the Lord where he said, I will keep you from the hour of trial that's going to come upon the whole earth, number one. And number two, if we really are here during the Great Tribulation, we can defy the words of Jesus by saying we know the exact day he's coming back. We can count it down on a calendar since we know that no one will know that. We know there's a separate event called the rapture of the church. Uh Pastor Mark, let's take a look at Matthew 24, um, where she's got some confusion as she reads all of 24, right. makes it sound like the believers will be here. Right. If we can get into this linguistically a little bit, because we know the first eight verses are before the rapture, and then after verse eight, the beginning of sorrows. Right. So maybe from a pastoral viewpoint, from a scholarly viewpoint, if you can explain why that's a break point prophetically, and, and, and what kind of prophetic writing are we talking about where Jesus is going from one thing, because he's clearly speaking about pr- prophetic things, and then he jumps yeah. to the future beyond yeah. the rapture. So yeah. anyway. No, I think that's that's a good point to bring up, Greg. We, you almost have to have the other stuff we talked about to be able to understand why there's a break yes. here. Because it doesn't say, at this point, at this point yeah. <laughs> the church leaves and there's a break. Exactly. But when you understand the prophetic timeline, that's where Matthew 24 comes into, into gear. And when you talked about him jumping around, prophecy does that. And so in the first part of 24, you know, they see the temple. They ask the Lord, hey, when's this all going to happen? The end of the age? Because he tells them that it's all going to come down and the temple will be destroyed in the end of times. 
And the Lord begins to tell them there in verse 4, Jesus said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and, me, and will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And now he begins to talk about the things you're going to be seeing in the last days that will increase in intensity. They've always been there, but they're going to increase in intensity because he's going to say it's like a woman in birth pangs. Things like this. He said, for nation will rise against nation. Uh, but as we, we noted earlier in different shows, that means ethnos against ethnos. You'll see more black and white racial issues and other issues between yeah, different more groups. More ethnic challenge. Yes. Uh, also, kingdom against kingdom. So you'll see uh, battles between different nations. And there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. And note this. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And that's where I believe right now we are prophetically. We are in the beginning of sorrows. We're seeing ethnos against ethnos. We're seeing kingdom against kingdom. We're seeing famines and pestilence, COVID-19, and famines all over the world, just not America yet. Earthquakes growing rapidly and in great intensity. We don't have this time to go through the stats today, but all these things are happening like a woman uh, in birth pangs about to give birth, just like God said. So we see those signs. But now there's a sudden shift here between uh, when we get here to uh, verse Nine here, um, or well, verse eight. Then they'll deliver you. Well, yeah, verse yeah, nine. Verse nine. Yeah. I'm sorry, my eyes. I'm trying to yeah, focus okay. on it. I've got my contacts <laughs> in. I'm sure I thought that was a different. Anyway, no explanation. Needed. Let's go on. Uh, there's a sudden change here that is very Jewish, and so we see him talking about the world in general. All the things are going to happen. But then notice the Jewish language. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You'll be hated for all nations by my sake or for my sake. And then many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. I'm sorry, uh, I said Jewish. I'm thinking of it where, where he, he told them to be brought to synagogues. I've got the, I've got, a, I'm looking at several things right before I answered the question. So okay. I apologize for that. Uh, he's not talking specifically Jewish here. He just goes on giving definition. Verse nine, they'll deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. This is talking about the great tribulation. And you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. The Bible says, again, in the last days, all nations will turn against Christians. The Antichrist will lead this drive against all Christians to destroy them. And this now this is post-rapture we're talking here. Yes, this is after the rapture, exactly. That's how, again, the first part is talking about the beginning of sorrows before the rapture. Now we're talking about the kind of signs we're going to see, Greg, after the rapture based on Revelation and Daniel. That's how we know between verses uh, 8 and 9, it, it, the rapture appears to take place. So he says, you'll be hated by all nations. Again, we read that the uh, the Antichrist in Daniel is going to make all nations hate Christians. It says, then many will be offended and betray one another. Jesus said, brother will turn against brother, uh, children against father, etc. You know, in the last days, you'll hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound. Here's one of the signs again of the last days. Lawlessness will abound. We see that today all around us. The love of many will grow cold, but... He who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, that's that's how we know the context, not because the Jewish reference. I had another verse in mind, but the reason we know in this context, because he says he's speaking about the end. He who endures till the end, that is until Jesus comes back in the second coming. Second coming so yeah. the context here is talking about the great tribulation period. And he says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. So again, you see uh, the Jews will be being a witness to the world. We see the Gentiles that are saved as a witness to the world. And another aspect, Greg, we talked about even before the show began, in Revelation 14, it says that even the angels will be a witness to the world. Yeah. It tells us in Revelation 14, because people often say, well, you know, how is the witness going to get to the whole world if the church is gone? Even if some people get saved, even with 144,000 Jews and, and then other Gentiles, how will the whole world hear the gospel? Well, Revelation 14 says, and this is going to be wild to watch. We'll be watching it from yes. the wedding supper of the yeah. Lamb. But he says he's going to send angels flying around the earth sharing the gospel. It's not angels. Now, you know, Will they be landing and talking? That could happen. The Bible didn't give all the details. But if they just fly like it talks about, somehow they're going to be making the announcement, possibly simply from the heavens. And somebody, well, that's satellites. No, it's not satellites. It's angels. The Bible tells us God will send angels. They will circle the entire earth, making sure that every person on the planet has a chance to hear the gospel during the great tribulation period before Jesus comes back. That's why when we stand before the Lord, one of the reasons, he says, all men will be without excuse. Now, everybody before those angels, that doesn't apply to, but God has given everyone, according to Romans chapter 1, by creation itself, they'll be without excuse. 
But these during the Great Tribulation, Greg, they're going to hear angels giving them the gospel. And so you're going to have people doing it, angels doing it, um, and you'll see lots of people saved again after the rapture of the church, all the way up until the time that the Lord returns. And by the way, he says when he comes back, he'll separate the sheep from the goats. That means there will be a lot that gets saved. There's another whole mass that gets saved. Uh, even, even if you believe, let's say this, even if you believed in a rapture you know, sometime in the middle or whatever, it, that can't be true because you still see all these myriads of believers that are there that shows that mm-hmm. no matter what you believe on the rapture timing, there's going to be people saved during the Great Tribulation. And they will be here on the earth when the Lord comes back and he's going to separate the sheep from the goats, that is the believers and the unbelievers, those that have given their life to the Lord after the rapture. Mm-hmm. They will be welcomed into the kingdom with those of us that are already there. Those who didn't give their life to the Lord, they're going to be cast into Hades, that holding tank, until the final judgment day uh, at the great white throne at the end of the thousand years. So um, a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, Another part of uh, her friend's uh, question or concern in Matthew 24, Pastor Mark, uh, begins in verse 15, um, talking about the abomination of desolation. And this brings us to another type of prophecy that there's not that many of in scripture but it we know it as a dual prophecy which yeah. means that this prophecy has been partially fulfilled but not completely fulfilled yeah. and this uh and and, G, and the people that Jesus was speaking to would have been a little perplexed yeah. because they already know that the first part happened through um uh the Maccabean revolt and um um uh, I had his name Antiochus, Antiochus Epiphanes. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. Uh, had forced the had forced the priests in the temple to eat raw uh, raw pork. Uh, it desecrated the place. That was known as the abomination of desolation. A, he set up a statue of Zeus. Zeus, yes, yes. A, a, a different god than the god of Israel. They're in the temple. Almost like the pre runner of what yes. was going to happen in the future with the Antichrist. So when which Jesus, is that abomination? Yeah. So when Jesus is talking about this in verse fifteen through verse twenty. He's talking about at the midway point of the peace treaty that the Antichrist will have already signed. We're going to be three and a half years into into this guy's leadership. That's right. The church will have been gone because the Bible says that we will not know who he is. That's right. Uh, so anyway, so that's another component where Jesus is, He's now he's talking way in the future. Yeah. Prophetically. Yeah, and again, the question there in 15, you know, they, she went on to say, uh, who are the elect then? Yes, exactly. Well, you know, we already answered it. I just didn't use that word. So let me use that word. The elect are those that get saved after the rapture. That's the elect. Um, and so you, anybody that's saved by the Lord technically is his elect. Uh, so what's going to happen is after the rapture takes place, there'll be many elect still getting saved. And the part of the question also was, was well, no, no elect will be, uh, no flesh will be saved if God didn't intervene. That's still true. That doesn't mean that the church is here, but the elect, those saved after Jesus are here, um, you know, after the rapture of the church rather are here. And what he's saying is the great tribulation is going to be so horrible and so worldwide um, uh, devastating that nobody could survive it if God didn't intervene and say, okay, that's enough. I'm coming back right now. The whole earth would have been destroyed. Man would have destroyed himself. God would have destroyed all that's left. God intervenes to spare the elect that even the elect wouldn't be saved if he didn't intervene. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, that brings up a question because we were talking about wrath in there. And there's three types of wrath. We know there's man's wrath, there's Satan's wrath, and there's God's wrath. And we, as human beings... All experience man's wrath right. and experience Satan's wrath because Absolutely. we live in the fallen world. Absolutely. But God's wrath is very specific. That's right. And and especially prophetically. So maybe if you can speak to that, Pastor Mark, in terms of how God's wrath would relate to, and then we're talking about really the last three and a half years right. of the tribulation period That's is right. where you're going to see God's wrath poured out. That's right. And he is he will relent towards the end, otherwise no flesh would be saved in that right. sense. Right. But Will it, or is there a possibility that those that get saved after the rapture can somehow endure? Yeah. Or, or is, is, is the enemy, is, is the Antichrist going to be so successful in taking out all the Christians that all of those people will be martyred yeah. for their faith. Well, we know there will be many that endure, or else we wouldn't have sheep and goats to divide when he comes back. Gotcha. So, that yes, we see there will be many that make it. But here's the deal. First Thessalonians 5, nine says that Christians have not been appointed to wrath. So it's talking about God's wrath. Yes. So what you were talking about, Greg, here's what's going to happen during the Great Tribulation. 
Um, God's wrath will not be poured out on those that get saved during the Great Tribulation. His wrath will be poured out on those that are not saved, and Satan's wrath will be poured out on everyone, everyone. including yeah. the wrath. And yeah. man's wrath will be poured out on everyone. So what will happen is the believers that are here during that time after the rapture, they will suffer great consequences because they missed the rapture. They're going to suffer a world that's on fire. They're going to suffer uh, the oceans being turned to blood, the stream, all the same things that everybody else suffers. They'll be suffering as a consequence of not receiving Christ prior to the rapture. But what they will not endure is the direct wrath of God. God will not he'll put his wrath on everyone else. The believer will not receive that wrath, but the believer will still not have a lot of food on the shelves. The believer will still have uh, heated temperatures. The believer will start to, you know, God helping them find water to drink during that time. So God will no doubt help the believer during that time, but there'll be consequences for those that come to the, to the show late. You get to the show late, you're going to have consequences, but you won't experience God's wrath. Those that are here the whole time that don't know God, wrath, man's wrath, Satan's wrath, everything else, that's going to be a part of it as far as, far as what's being poured out. So, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean they'll escape everything that you see going on, but at the same time, they're not going to be directly under that wrath of God. Um, so, you know, it's interesting, Greg, as kind of a side note to this, and yeah. I'm just kind of watching the clock there, too. Sure. You know, you talk about God's wrath and the oceans, and we talk about these um, um, mountains of fire, whatever they are, that are going to hit the oceans. Uh, just today, uh, they're talking about a um, a giant an asteroid that is so large coming toward the Earth right now, toward our atmosphere, um, that they thought it was a star. And they actually were calling it a, a dwarf star for a while um, and realized, no, that's no dwarf star. It's moving. It's coming toward us. This is an asteroid. Um, and they're saying it will arrive here in six years. Um, they're saying at this point, no worries. It won't hit the Earth. It might. <laughs> With the timing, look, with the timing yeah. we're on now, I mean, it could be six years from now, might be mid-tribulation. I mean, we could be within two to three years of the rapture, then you take another three years on top of that, so I'm not setting dates and times, and don't get don't run with that too much out there, listeners. I'm simply saying that there are two that are watching now that are coming directly in our, coming in our direction. They don't know exactly where they're going to hit us or not. They're saying right now they don't think they will, but they're experimenting with ways to blow them up more and more. Uh, just this week, I think they shot a, a special uh, rocket bomb out that goes faster than a bullet, they said. They're trying mm. to, and they're, they're trying them on different objects, trying to yeah, see how they destroy, see how they destroy them destroy, yeah. so we can defend ourselves if one comes in. But we know that during this time where, again, you know, those, the elect are going to try to survive. These things are going to be happening. All these judgments and the wrath of God, we may now have a glimpse of the asteroid that's going to hit the earth. We don't know. That may be it. We'll find out in six years, one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, but but it's, it's, again, the bottom line is here, look, make sure you don't miss the rapture. I think that would be the lesson I would learn from this kind of question. You don't want to be here. Uh, you've not been appointed to wrath, which, by the way, First Thessalonians five nine. The fact that we haven't been appointed to wrath is another reason for the rapture of the church. A strong uh, uh, yeah. you know, teaching for the rapture, because again, if God says we're not appointed to it, why would God leave us here in the middle of it? We're not appointed to God's wrath. So again, there's so many different reasons why uh, I believe we're going to be out of here for the rapture of the church. But there are going to be those that have to suffer through that. And, and it's a shame they do. And by yeah. the way, you know, again, we, we have, we have a rapture booklet here that I've written. If you may ask questions about the rapture, you can order those through the church. Yeah. Um, and just call us or I don't know if you can order them on the website anymore, but call here or whatever if you want those, pick those up. Um, but either way, yeah, I, I, a great question, Lauren, but I think it's a, uh, yeah. we have to understand the timing of how everything's going to happen. The church is here. The church is gone. People, many are saved after that. Um, then we see the Antichrist arrive, all the different kinds of wrath and the second coming of yeah. the Lord. So now, uh, Lauren, we do hope that that answers your friend's question, and you can pass this information on. And if you've got a question like Lauren does, we invite you to just visit thewaymedia.net or download the Waymedia app, click on Signs of the Times, and you will see where you can ask your prophecy question or read about the frequently asked questions that we do have. Real quick before you wrap it up. Uh, also, Lauren, you and tell your friend, go listen to the book. Of, we have Revelation online here at thewaymedia.net, yeah. and we cover all these subjects in depth as we go through the book of Revelation, verse uh, line by line, verse by verse. Yeah. We cover all this in the order, so that's a great way for her to hear it, and that way she can uh, yeah. kind of get educated through that as she listens. Yeah. Now, one of the things that we are experiencing, Pastor Mark, right now that we're seeing the beginnings of and, and that is the formation of a one-world government, Absolutely. which which the Bible says has to be in place prior yeah. to the revealing of the Antichrist, because he's going to step in, in the middle of this That's existing right. one-world government right. and take it over. Yep. Now, does that mean that we'll be here 
when it happens, we don't know, but the Bible doesn't say we won't be. Yeah. So yeah. something to keep in mind as we see the sorrows of the world continue to That's turn. Right. That's anyway, right. More signs of the times right after this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. W-I-A-M-L-P. 101.1 FM, Knoxville. It's Crazy Money Day. Hey, I'm Chuck Bentley with my Money Life from Crown. Last month, a Bay Area home drew cash offers over $850,000. Inventory can't keep up with demand. The median sale price for homes in the Bay Area ran $1.3 million in July, more than $700 a square foot. In Santa Clara County, most homes sold within eight days. Now, this particular home, priced at $850,000, was 2,400 square feet and had four bedrooms. At $700 a foot, it should have brought $1,680,000. It didn't, because this home had suffered a two-alarm fire. Despite the damage, MarketWatch reported that there were eight offers in less than three days. The house was stripped to the studs on both floors, and because of the damage, no lender would provide a mortgage. Yet people lined up to buy it. Are you hoping to buy a house? Low rates and the current flexibility of remote work is propelling many to purchase. Just don't let your housing costs exceed 30% of your income. This includes a mortgage payment, insurance, taxes, maintenance, utilities, and association fees. And before buying, pay off your consumer debt, fund an emergency account, and set aside money for remodeling and maintenance. Homeownership comes with a lot of responsibility and hidden cost, which you need to be prepared to cover. Renting gives you a place to live and flexibility to easily move if you have a job or a growing family. Ask the Lord to guide your steps so that you make a wise housing decision. It could be a burned-out house. And if you're struggling with credit card debt, I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. For more information, call the Crown Helpline. 800-722-1976 Visit online at crown.org slash ccc A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor I think if we look at the things in our lives as believers that we've stumbled over, that we've fallen over I think if the Holy Spirit would let us He would let us backtrack to a spiritual truth that we neglected Like He had warned us, He showed us, He told us He revealed to us, we made a decision like Joshua here. He's making a covenant with the enemy. He was told to wipe him out. What's he talking to them for? It's the same thing where you look at Eve and go, Eve, what is your deal? You're talking to a snake. What are you doing? What's going on? Why are you having that discussion? Why are you even dialoguing? Stay away. But he was crafty. He was cunning. He was beautiful. All to the eyes. The lust of the eyes. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, traps that we all fall into. Grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus by visiting edtaylor.org. This has been A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, October 8th, 2021. This is going to be a podcast episode 187 for those that uh, listen to us on um, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher, or just listen directly on our Way Media app, which, by the way, is the only way that you can read the articles that we discuss. We post those articles in a PDF so you can see that we're not making this stuff up. Um, it's impossible. We're just not that creative. And uh, like this next article is just totally crazy. Uh, this is from Israel Today. Uh, and the title of the article, Pastor Mark, is The Messiah Has Been Arrested in Laud. No, I'm, I'm imagine Laud's like some, what, it's I a, don't town. Know, a town in yes. Israel. Yes. So it why is. don't you explain this? Yeah, a, a man claiming to be Israel's prophesied Messiah was arrested in the central town of Lod, uh last week after he assaulted a local mayor. Well, you can be sure if someone assaults a local mayor, he's <laughs> That's not, not the Lord. He's not the Messiah. <laughs> By the way, Greg, before you read the rest, oh rest of the article, this goes right in line with what we talked about in Matthew 24. In the last days, oh. many will come in my name saying, yes. I am he. Very good. That's so, yeah, you know, so I mean, 
That's why you make the big money. That's it. That's, you know, what am I going to say? Look at you putting it all that that together. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Well, anyway, you're going to see more and more of this. I guarantee you guys, there's going to be more and more people. Now, this guy is, I think, just doing it. He's he's maybe just a little bit loopy, no doubt. But he's also doing it, I think, to try to pull something weird to get out of his legal troubles. But he says, appearing in court on Wednesday, it was unclear exactly why the defendant was upset with the Lord Mayor, Yara Revivo. But it seemed to have been something to do with the municipality removing some construction he'd done without proper permits. Now, look, if anything could make you go crazy, it could be codes and permits. Yes. Oh, yeah, no kidding. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Just don't attack the mayor. Uh, what was clear was that the man did not view the court as having any authority over him and was unwilling to let the public defender represent him. Why would you want the public defender when you are the Messiah? He said this, and I quote, The Holy One, blessed be he, the creator of all, is managing my affairs quite well, he insisted. I've already told you that I am the Messiah. Is this so difficult to accept? And when the judge decided to extend the man's detention while the case continues, the Messiah passed his own judgment and said this, I need to get one, or I need to get out of here for the final redemption. If I'm the Messiah, I don't have time for police and courts. This will be the last time you ever I have ever a temple pass. to build. Yeah, this will be the last <laughs> sentence you ever pass. He basically threatened him, saying, I'm going to wipe you out because I'm the Messiah. Look, first of all, Jesus never threatened anyone. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He didn't assault anyone. So everything Jesus is and the true Messiah, which we know he's the real Messiah, this guy was not. Um, but it's interesting. Now, whether or not it's really something spiritual or whether it's some weird attempt to get out of a legal thing, we don't know. But it is interesting a lot of the fact that you're going to see more of these guys showing up because the Lord said in the last days there will be more and more saying, I'm the Messiah. I don't know if it's going to be trying to get out of uh, uh, you know, tickets or not, but the bottom yeah. line is it, it's going to happen. Yeah, especially in a construction project. Yes. Uh, yes. You, know, you get so frustrated because you can't get everyone to do what you need to do. Look, you're just going to say, I, listen, I'm the Lord. Do what I'm telling you. I wish I wish when we had to get some, just <laughs> Jesus would just show up and yes. say, look, this is my church. Leave them alone. <laughs> exactly. That's too funny. Oh, my. No, we want to obey all the rules. That's so it. we're all in on that. All right. Uh, back here in America, uh, Breitbart.com is letting us know about backlogged cargo ships off of uh, the coasts of uh, California and New York facing a four-week wait. Now, I get COVID-19 and, you know, and whatever, but, I mean, we've been yeah. loading and unloading cargo yeah. like it's our job yeah. because... Ever since NAFTA, especially ever since NAFTA yeah. was instituted, I mean, we, most of the stuff that we buy and consume is made in another country. So, yeah. Pastor Mark, what's the problem well, here? Well, it's gone from cargo to escargo, yes. which is like a snail, <laughs> a snail speed and coming oh, out of the ocean. Okay, so that, it all you know, lines that, up that perfect. Deserves, um, but the bottom line is, look, here's what they're doing, Greg, and this is what's so crazy. And I, this is where I think this is all spiritual because, uh, yeah, there can be politics involved in this, and there probably are. But this is happening worldwide with this slowdown. They're holding the same regulations for COVID in place, even though we've moved on. So what that's doing is it's limiting the people that what they can oh, do. Oh, what can do and yes, how much cargo. All and... these special COVID codes. And, and now we've got the government giving everyone money each month so nobody's working. So you have less workers on the docks. You've got all the COVID codes. You've got this. It is it is a recipe for disaster. And let me even say before it's I It's a recipe this, for a one-world government. Greg, we're suffering the consequences right now. Let me just say what's going to happen. We're about to see prices go out the roof in many areas. We're about to see you're not going to be able to find normal electronic things at your Best Buy, at your at your at your Walmart. You're going to see shelves being empty in certain areas because it is a worldwide problem that's affecting the entire world because of this. Um, and it's crazy. They need to say, look, everybody get back to work. Stop giving government money out so they'll go back to work. Uh, drop all the, the COVID restrictions and let us get back to life. We've got a big problem here. Uh, the article says, beyond the southern border, another looming crisis for the Biden administration, I would say, and the world, and America first and foremost, is the backlogged container ships anchored off the coast of California and New York that now have to wait up to four weeks to unload their shipments. I was just talking to somebody recently said he's got a buddy that drives a truck. They'll pull up there and they sit there literally, Greg, eight, ten hours waiting on a truckload and they never give them one. They have to leave. They just sit there all day waiting to get loaded. Nobody's loading them up. Dozens of cargo ships anchored off the coast of Los Angeles and New York 
face shocking wait times, up to four weeks, and rail, uh, rail yards and trucking routes are hopelessly clogged due to the lack of manpower to unload the goods. Amid a record high demand for imported goods and a shortage of shipping containers and truckers, the twin ports are currently seeing unprecedented congestion. On September 17th, there was a record total of 147 ships, 95 of which were container ships in the twin ports, which move about 40% of all cargo entering the U.S. Now, let's stop and think about that a minute. Almost half of everything we have in America is coming from these cargo ships. Let me just give you an example. Greg, from inflation that we're seeing, we're now seeing go up because of all this extra spending in Washington. We're seeing inflation go up. The cargo ships off the coast, we're getting less and less supplies. I went, there's a place that I go and buy a certain meal that I get, I like to get. I went today, you know, for lunch before the show. And since the last time I went, which was, what, two or three weeks ago, the normal meal I buy, it went up $3. Mm. $3. Yeah. Now, that's all a result of all this stuff that's going on. This is due to the pandemic. American consumer demands have never been higher, with people spending less money on travel and entertainment and more on toys, clothing, electronics, and a whole range of goods. However, due to a lack of manpower, that is everybody staying home because they're getting the government check, In conjunction with intense coronavirus restrictions, American ports have simply been unable to unload the shipments in a timely fashion. And I quote, global infrastructure was not designed to handle goods at this rate. One expert on the situation told the Daily Mail, supply chains are the artery that feed the entire ecosystem. The government needs to intervene to stop the crisis immediately. The problem is the government's caused it, but they need to intervene to stop it, or they'll face increased inflation and unemployment economic breakdown, uh, and also an interglobal trade. The port saw as many as 73 vessels waiting to unload earlier this September, 66 container ships. Now, this week, according to the Marine Exchange in Southern California, uh, Los Angeles is, is reporting up to 500,000 shipping containers are floating off the Southern California coast. Think about all those yeah. goods that people are waiting on, that our nation's waiting on. There's one crane, one crane, Greg, for 60 trucks. It's ridiculous. Um, two other cranes just sitting there. Consumer experts have warned Americans to begin doing their Christmas shopping now or they won't have anything. You know, we, there's a restaurant, another restaurant we go to uh, that we visited here and been twice in the last two weeks. And, Greg, there's almost there was nobody in there, hardly anybody in there. And they said it was going to be like a 45-minute wait because they had one waiter. Oh, yeah, exactly. One, one waiter. Yeah. Because they're not coming to work. They're not working. You talk about the numbers came out today about they were expecting 500,000 new jobs, then 194,000. Nobody's going back to work. Listen, we're all going to suffer. It's not just the convenience of your favorite restaurant. This is going to affect our everyday life, our pocketbooks, everything. And this is, part, I believe, part of the end times global economy coming together it is this is prophetic absolutely Uh, i mean you can you can argue logistics you can argue policies you can argue bureaucracy all of those things regulations whatever but the bottom line is the spiritual battle above all of this this is spiritual is this is this is part of the the recipe in creating a one world government or as you'll hear in some circles, the new world order. Yeah, I believe Satan is directly involved yeah, in every bit absolutely. of this in formulating the, the rise of the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist. Absolutely. Okay, let's uh, get into some growing anti-Semitism. Uh, this is from jpost.com, otherwise known as the Jerusalem Post. And the title of this article is Iran's Supreme Leaders, uh, or the representative, I should say, for Iran's Supreme Leader, is calling for the destruction of Israel. Yeah, you know, this has happened so much, Greg. That yawn is appropriate because this has happened so much. I almost cut this from our articles today. However, um, I left it in for this reason. Because America is no longer defending Israel the way we used to, this article has a little bit of life breathed into it that it would not normally have. Yes. Now when they make, they used to make these claims and everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, we're not exactly defending our allies anymore. Uh, we barely approved the Iron Dome system to help Israel defend themselves against their in- enemies. So, Iran is not foolish. They realize now may be the time to time rally to, the troops. This could be an Ezekiel moment. Yes. yes. Lafala Deskam, the representative for the Islamic Republic of Iran's Supreme Leader Ali Khomeini uh, in Fars province, urged the elimination of Israel in a Friday sermon in the city of Shiraz. Again, this is normal stuff, but because of where we are as a nation, 
And where the world is, this has a little bit more import. And we could definitely use more imports with the last article we just covered. (laughs) The Islamic clerical firebrand declared this. I like that. Clerical firebrand. What a great description. The global arrogance led by America with the complicity of Israel seeks to delay the realization of an important issue, which Mm. is the destruction of the the Zionist regime. So basically, it's going to happen. Uh, Let's not delay it. The Middle East Media Research Institute reported last year that the Ayatollah said in a June sermon that aired on Fars TV, America cannot be the main decision maker when it comes to strategic matters in the world. And we won't be much longer, actually. The sound of America being shattered and its collapse is being heard all over the world. The shout of the Iranian nation being heard from the mouths of Americans themselves Death to America. Now, this is sad to me. And then the audience began to respond, death to America. He says things here, Greg, that are true. Number one, America is not the strength it used to be. Number two, the world is watching America be shattered. And lastly, and most sadly, we now have heard chants from people in America saying death to America. I mean, how, when your own country starts chanting death to yourself, and we see a lot of the things we're doing to ourselves, that's the beginning of the destruction of a nation. And I, I really feel like in many ways we're in the days of Jeremiah watching our nation collapse. And the only answer is going to be revival and a nation turning back to Jesus Christ. Yeah. If there's uh, any hope. Um, I don't remember specifically where, but you will, because you've got the better Bible than I do. Because yeah, probably I, got I have more one, underlines. I have the version it. that Paul used. Yeah, that Paul used. Uh, but <laughs> just to kind of in the in the vein of revisiting all of the things that we did in Lauren's question regarding yes. Matthew twenty four and the timeline of some of these things when it comes to the tribulation, right? That it's important to point out as we as we talk about Iran calling for the destruction of Israel, that the Bible tells us that when the Antichrist stands up in the Temple Mount at that three and a half year mark, declares himself God, the Bible says that the that the enemy will unleash such destruction upon yeah. the Jews. Yeah. And Jesus himself actually says, you know, hey, I think towards the end of 24, he does. tells him, hey, listen, you need to run right. basically to Petra is where we know right. it to be. Right. When you see the abomination of desolation take place, That's when you right. see this guy stand up, because the Bible tells us that the 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 persecution against the Jews will be the worst in human yeah. history. Yeah. And all we have to do is go back to World War II for what we know in our era of time yeah. as the worst persecution of the Jews. And think about the atrocities of Hitler. And the Bible says this guy, the Antichrist, is going to be worse than Hitler. That's right. Wow. Yeah, 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 Greg, you nailed it. It's going to be right there at the midway point. What's going to happen is the abomination you mentioned Antiochus earlier and yeah. setting up the statue of Zeus. Well, the Antichrist at the midway point, three and a half years in, he's going to set up a statue of himself. He's not going to say, hey, here's a God besides the God of Israel. Worship this God, yeah. Zeus. He's going to say, no, worship I am. Yeah. me instead of the God of Israel. And that is the true abomination that causes desolation. And that's more of a, a, a larger ex, uh, definition of that. The yeah. abomination that causes desolation. So you're going to see he's going to begin to wholesale, just wipe out the Jews. Millions of Jews will be killed. The Bible calls it the time of Jacob's trouble. Mm-hmm. It says, as you said, it'll be a worse time than any in history on the Jewish people. So bad that the Lord said, when you see that, don't even go back and grab your thing out of your house. It's like if yeah. you're out in the backyard and you see him do that, don't go back for your jacket. Don't go back to grab your computer. Don't go back. The temptation would be to do that but he's he the lord makes it show he shows that it's so urgent that it's going to be by the hair of your chinny chin chin that you're going to get out of there you run toward jordan you run toward petri how will they know to go toward that god will let them know the holy spirit will let them know and those that know especially those that get saved during that time they're going to be fleeing down to petra and it's going to be so fast he's going to apparently greg he's going to be there with an army ready to go and when he makes that announcement they're going to go out and just start executing. Yeah. So the point is, they're going to be hitting neighborhoods immediately. They're going to be You better get out of there right away. And yeah. that's going to be devastating and rapid. Yeah. What he's going to declare to do at that midway point is not going to be on impulse. Yeah. And think about all that's we have right. to do is look at what Hitler. Hitler had all of this planned. Yeah. He was planning this. Oh, yeah. And so when he began to execute it, that plan just rolled into place. Right. The the Antichrist is going to be far swifter than Hitler, which is yeah. why I think it, Jesus said, don't even bother turning around yeah. and looking for anything. Just go forward, get in, because yeah. it's going to be that quick. 
It really is. And you know, you talk about Hitler, what happened what happened with Hitler and what's gonna happen in this time and really Greg, what we're seeing the foundation happening around the world right now is you know, segregate, identify, and mark. Mm. And that's what you're seeing. Yeah. What, what Hitler did, he segregated, yep. then he identified the enemy, and then he marked him. He made him wear something to show yep. that. The same thing is happening today, even with, just give you an example, the vaccine. Just through the vaccine. They're identifying who's that's not right. taking it. Let's mark them. They're the troublemakers. Now let's have them get, if they don't have the identification, they'll prove they don't have this. So it's that's the, the same. spirit of Antichrist. It really is. It really, now, now remember, the vaccine is not the mark. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... If you want to see the true spirit of Antichrist at work in our day, you're watching it. And even as that with Hitler, it's going to happen the same way. It's happening now in our generation with us, I think, leading into the final revealing of the Antichrist. And then it's going to really be there when the Antichrist stands up because he's going to, again, he's going to identify. It's the Jews that we're after. We know who they are. Go get them. Wipe them out. And it's going to be this, again, like this um, Ayatollah was saying, this is the final solution. Let's get rid of the Jews because it is spiritual. It is Satan wanting to destroy God's people and the ones he made the promise to. And God's going to protect his elect. Yeah. And um, and there will be many that will die, though. Like I said, the worst in Israel's history. And when you think about what they've been through, even in recent with Hitler. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to imagine that it's going to be worse, but it is going to be worse. Yeah. Wow. Sad. Sad. Very sad. Okay, let's get into some technologically weird news, but probably prophetic as well. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on our show. Uh, Israel365news.com tells us about a former Google executive warning that we're creating God via artificial intelligence. Yeah, this is interesting, their viewpoint. They realize that we're kind of getting beyond our, our realm where we should be. The former Google X chief business officer, Mo Gadot, told the U.K. Times that experiences developing uh, artificial intelligence at the tech giant frightened him. In one case, he described developers working on building robot arms capable of finding and picking up a small ball. And after a long, I mean, finding, not just going to get it, like you, you, you program it and put them in place. No, they can find it and then do it. This is all, it's, it's almost like a thinking robot. Uh, after a long period of slow progress, one robotic arm succeeded in grabbing a ball and holding it up to view. To Godot, it seemed that the AI, the artificial intelligence, was showing off its accomplishment. Hmm. All of the robotic arms were then able to duplicate the maneuver, and within a few days, they had all developed the ability to pick up anything. I mean, they, they're designing these things software-wise now, Greg. They have the hardware to do it, and they're designing them software-wise that they can somehow go through a process through a computer to figure things out the way our brain works. And I quote, and I suddenly realized this is really scary, Godot said. It completely froze me. Like we had those things for a week, and they're doing what children takes two years to do. And it hit me, they are children, but very fast children. They get smart quickly. He noted that even basic forms of artificial intelligence have the potential to learn and do it incredibly quick. The, he said, the reality is, we're creating God. Now, you discussed the concept of the technological you know, stuff they were doing there. He said, the, the singularity is approaching, um, and it's a threat to humanity, he says. He isn't entirely pessimistic, though. He suggested that humans relate to artificial intelligence as parents would a child, in which case it could save the world. Another person said, it's not really a God in the sense that makes lightning or causes hurricanes. But if there's something a billion times smarter than the smartest human... What else are you going to call it? High-tech entrepreneur Elon Musk has described the possibility of artificial intelligence as the single biggest threat to the existence of humanity. This did not prevent Musk from launching his project, the Human and AI Robot, because there's <laughs> money involved. But at the same time, again, you know, Greg, this is why this is interesting to me. Number one, let me encourage our listeners. The world's not going to be destroyed by robots. Jesus is going to hold all things together till he comes back. We see that from the scriptures. So no need to panic there. Yeah. We're also not going to wipe ourselves out by nuclear detonation. Not that a nuclear weapon couldn't go off somewhere, but we're not going to destroy mankind that way because the Lord's going to protect. Yeah. But it's interesting, when you go back and read those demonic armies that are coming against Israel, um, you know, you think, yeah, but they're demons. You know, it talks about them having hair like, you know, women and teeth like lions and all these kind of descriptions, really bizarre description. I still don't know what in the world is it talking about. 
Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility that it is some type of artificial intelligent robot army, but the demonic realm is controlling it. Yeah. So there could be demons actually getting involved in these machines and running the machines themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's demons coming. So we don't know. I don't no, want to be careful on that. But when I read this kind of artificial yeah. intelligence with robots and I read about those descriptions, it is pretty freaky. Well, you know, another thing that I've, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, but most people that have spent any time on the Internet and have tried to sign in or fill something out uh usually at the end um you'll not the captcha where you've got to be able to read the weird looking alphanumeric code and type it in right but it's like the nine gridded box and it's a picture or pictures and it says identify all of the stoplights oh yeah or identify all of the buses yeah yeah okay that i'm not a robot what I've been told what's happening is that you're helping robots to identify things because you can identify what a bus is and they can't yet. But once you do that enough and they get little bits and pieces, that is going into the quote-unquote AI universe, so yeah. to speak. And so artificial intelligence can identify a stoplight from a bus. You know, we'll, and you're helping to program it when you're doing those things. We'll know anyway. when we've crossed over yeah. that line. When you see that box, and the little thing at the bottom says, uh, uh, "Check this box uh, to prove you're not a human." Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I that's am going not. To, I am not a human. <laughs> that's going to happen soon. All right, let's have some good news. Oh yeah, we need it. Yes, we always we, need it. Yes, we do. This is from ChristianHeadlines.com. Uh, to God be the glory, 6,000 people surrender their lives to Christ during Southern California Harvest with Pastor Greg Lord. Yeah, what a gift and how God is using uh, yes. Pastor Greg um, on his annual outreach in Southern California Harvest at Angel Stadium. 40,000 people in attendance. Um, again, first time they've hosted one in two years because of COVID. Uh, but 6,000 people gave their life to Christ. Lori, who leads the Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, uh, welcomed everyone in attendance with 200,000 people from around the world watching live stream. So look at these numbers it's reaching. Uh, in a post, Lori celebrated 6,000 6, people surrendering their lives to Jesus Christ on Sunday night. It is exciting because we spent so much time apart, so much time separated because of the pandemic, and it's affecting everyone, Lori said. Drug use is up, alcohol use is up, divorce is up, and that's because people are down. Yes. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, look up for your redemption is drawing near. He didn't say, when you see these things begin to happen, freak out. The only thing that can change a human heart is the power of the gospel. So, well, that is a reason wow. to rejoice. Souls coming into the kingdom. God is still working, as you have said, Greg, recently over and over, that nothing will prevail against God's church. His church will continue uh, until the Lord comes back, until his church is taken out of here, uh, I should say, and then yeah. when he comes back the to establish. The very gates of hell will not prevail. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Great news. Yes. Great news. Great news. Well, that's it. I mean, you've, okay. you've got no. But that's all I have on that one. You're, all right. you're the leader. Well, right? then, well the, then I, no, I, we I wasn't sure how long you were going to uh, elaborate. Uh, but we've got some bonus things. Let's, yes. let's go to article number three. Yes. Uh, this is from SciTech Daily. More evidence that vitamin D protects against severe COVID-19 disease and death. Please explain. Yeah, just very briefly here yeah. again. Studied, previous studies have linked vitamin D deficiency to increased susceptibility of, of viral and bacterial respiratory infections. Now they're saying they've shown by testing that vitamin D does greatly increase your ability to fight against COVID-19 and things of that nature. So that's an encouraging article. A lot of people are still afraid. What do I do? I can't see my doctor or whatever the thing. Look, I know that isn't a cure. I'm not saying take vitamin D, you won't get COVID. I'm not saying that um, and I'm no doctor so I'm not giving you doctor's advice I'm saying be encouraged stay on your vitamins they are helping with this virus yeah and here's another one from christianheadlines.com study shows that antibodies from previous COVID-19 infection last over a year yes this is amazing out of, out of 1,292 subjects that were studied eight months after being infected they still had strong antibodies a 96% of the subjects still carried neutralizing antibodies uh, again, with this test, Greg, and here's why this is so amazing. That's just, again, eight months. It's been two years now since I got COVID, almost. It's coming up on two years since I got COVID, and I was just tested here recently. Here, for September. And I had very strong antibodies. So I want to encourage those of you out there, if you've had COVID, it doesn't mean that it lasts the same for everybody. It doesn't mean, I don't know what, I don't know what it means. I'm just saying this. 
It's showing in tests that if you've had COVID, uh, you have very strong, long-lasting antibodies. Most people do. I, myself, they showed this study eight months worth. I'm in, coming up on two years. I still have very strong antibodies. So be encouraged. If you have had COVID um, and you're doing all your, keeping up all your vitamins or whatever, again, God has given us an amazing immune system. I know it's not medicine that we think of from real doctors, but there are ways we can fight this in our own way. So I Vitamin think that, D's from the Lord. Zinc I think, is from the Lord. There you go. I think this is good news. Get out in the sun and soak in that vitamin <laughs> D and rejoice in the Lord. And know that if you've had COVID, again, uh, again, I can't say that's some 100% guarantee, but I can say that studies are now showing you have a great, long-lasting immunity built up in your body, and so you don't have to live in fear and trust your God. He is mm. faithful. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Pastor Mark, thank you so much, folks. Don't forget again, thewaymedia.net or the Way Media app. We are not on YouTube anymore uh, for our video, so that is the only place that you can get it, unless you are uh, a fan of the Way Media page on Facebook. We do stream this show live there on Fridays as well. But thewaymedia.net is the best place to go, because that's where you can also read the articles and ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question, which we will answer in two weeks when we return right here to Signs of the Times. has arrived and it's always meant something to more than your kids your life is impacted too with summer habits broken new routines become crazy stressful there are kids who can't get along in the back seat someone who forgot something they should have remembered and maybe even someone who just doesn't care you're the coach the teacher the cook the taxi driver and the healer of boo-boos we're rooting for you parents you've got this WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way, 